Welcome to the Gold Medal Mindset. I'm your host, Brenna Huckabee, cancer survivor, amputee, and two-time Paralympic gold medalist snowboarder who is obsessed with coaching you into living a gold medal life. Consider this your weekly training in self-confidence, motivation, and productivity. You will be challenged here to step onto the top of the podium, the cream of the crop into the 1% where the dreamers turn into action takers so you can quench your unshakable thirst for more. Show up and say yes to yourself and your dreams each week because you are worthy of more. So let's get into it. On today's podcast, I sat down with my mom to learn about her perspective during my cancer journey. We have never sat down to really dive into this topic, and as a mother myself, I recognize how she lived a worst-case scenario. She had to watch her daughter battle cancer, lose her passion, her life, her leg, and her relationships. I often wonder what gave my mom not only the will to fight, but the ability to seem like she had it all together. My mom is a badass. She finished her nursing degree at 40, led me through cancer, and was the force that moved me to Utah, which ultimately kickstarted my Paralympic career. Before we dive in, I want to give a quick trigger warning. This topic is heavy. We talk about sick children, cancer, amputation. It's, it's some pretty big stuff. But without further ado, my mom, Christy Huckabee. Hello, we have today my mother, Christy Huckabee, on the podcast. I am so excited for this because I have been dying to have this conversation with her. A lot of you guys have reached out wanting to know what it was like for my mom during my cancer journey and getting me to the Paralympics. And so I am going to pick her brain, have a conversation, and really see what her heart is all about. So welcome, Mom. I am happy to be here, and thank you so much for asking me to join you on this. I'm excited. Of course. I would not want anyone else to be my first guest. It just feels like a natural fit, and it's on Mother's Day. (laughs) Are you going to make me cry? (laughs) (laughs) We haven't even gotten into the goods yet. You can't cry. (laughs) Well, okay. So the first question people wanted me to ask you was what was little Brenna like growing up? (laughs) She's amazing, just like big Brenna. (laughs) You started that with a laugh. I feel like I need to know more. Uh, Well, first of all, uh, you came out flipping. (laughs) That is... You did not learn to walk. You learned to flip. You flipped everywhere. <laughs> so little Brenna, little, little Brenna was about clearing the pathway so you don't get kicked. Unfortunately, your brother Jeremy didn't learn that one. <laughs> and it was about protecting TVs and getting, uh, finding avenues for your high, very high energy levels. Little Brenna was pretty amazing because she was smart um, and she was energetic and she was loving and she was determined. And little Brenna came into this world uh, letting us know that this was her world and where where everyone else fit in. <laughs> I love that. I was a boss, okay? You were a boss. You were definitely a boss. Did come in screaming because the poor doctor had to stop you from breathing you know, so he could suction you out. And it made you mad. And so you came out and you screamed for about a good 45 minutes. And when your brothers first saw you, that was their first impression of you. And their first response was, mom, is she going to stop? (laughs) Well, to be fair, the doctor was quite rude. Like, how dare you choke me? (laughs) That's right. It made you mad. As it should. Yes. (laughs) I'm mad thinking about it. So I did gymnastics from the yes. age of eight until no, you did gymnastics <laughs> until the moment you came out. 
Okay, valid. <laughs> Official gymnastics. Yes, at eight. Perfect. You got you really got put into a gymnastics tumbling class because your older brother told on you. Jordan told on you because you were throwing flips on your own. And um, you just mama watch this and then you do a front flip. And and since you didn't have the technique, it was really scary. And so we told you you're not allowed to do any flips by yourself. And you, of course, agreed. But <laughs> this was your world. <laughs> so <laughs> your brother caught you. <laughs> in the recess doing flips and then so when he told me he said mama you told her not to flip but i saw her at recess she was throwing flips and so i said well that's it we put you in a tumbling class so that was you went you were having you were just started a recreational gymnastics class and the rule was you know no flips unless you're in the gym but they weren't teaching you that yet that wasn't that was way you know that you were it was recreational at that time and so we we quickly put you into uh a tumbling class in addition to your gymnastics class which led to hey we want her competing with us and then and we gladly did that because we at the time tvs were on the ground not hanging on the wall and i just knew that it was much cheaper to put you in a gymnastics class than to replace the tv periodically that's fair um i love that so I had big dreams with gymnastics. I want to hear from your perspective what that looked like. For me, it was watching you do more of what you wanted. It was, I didn't know, but you were only eight. You know, I didn't know what your dream or goal was. Um, I do remember uh, when you were invited to go uh, work on the team and be homeschooled and pulled out and, you know, let's do this 24 um, seven kind of thing. My answer at the time was, was no, because you were so small. I was like, unless she looks at me in her, in my eyes and says, this is all I want to do. You know, I wasn't willing to do that, but I was willing to, to take your lead, let you take the lead. And so if you wanted more uh, of a gymnastics class, um, then we gave you more gymnastics. If you wanted gymnastics and tumbling, then we gave you that. If you wanted uh, competitive gymnastics, then we let, we took you by, and you basically told us what you wanted and we followed. You know, it wasn't, I, I'd never wanted to be that mother that lived vicariously. I never wanted to be the one that goes, you know, you, you have to do this. You have to, because you're good and you can do something with it and you can whatever, you know, I couldn't do that. This was your gift. And I never wanted your gift to be turned in, uh, in, in, into a curse because somebody else pushed you into something you didn't want to do. The only thing I ask is that if you commit it to a team, that you see that team through. You are welcome to quit anytime you want it, just not in the middle of the season. You know, you commit it to a team, you saw it through, and at the end of the season, if you didn't want to do it again, that was fine. And you never were that way. You were, um, nope, I, 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 I want this year, I want next year, um, I want it. Can I get in five classes? You know, can I tumble? And at one point you did say, can I tumble 24 seven? And that's when we put you in since be, me being a teacher at the time, especially being a middle school teacher, that's when I homeschooled you for middle school to give you that. And I honestly gave you that thinking to myself, one month of this and she's going to go back to regular school because that was a heck of a workout. It really was. And, and I mean, you knew the score, you remember the score. It was, you're going to do your work. You're going to, you're going to maintain the academic standards. And if you don't, this is not going to work. You know, school comes first, gymnastics comes second. And you knew that and you never let your grades down. You never let your work up you know, and it let up on your work and you did 
what you were asked to do academically and so that you could spend the rest of your time flipping and doing gymnastics. And, uh, and so I was always amazed and, and just, I was amazed because I, I don't think I ever had that kind of love and desire for something, you know, like I can't, even the things that I enjoy doing in life, I can't imagine doing them, you know, and loving something so much. This is all I want to do. So I was really happy to accommodate that for you so that, you know, to see where one time your uh, coaches and I sat down in a meeting and the plan was at that time, let's see how far she goes. Like we don't see limits here. We don't see, you know, we don't think uh, we, we don't know. I mean, it was, it was, let's see how, let's see how high she can go. Let's see how far she can go. And, and I think you kind of amazed all of us because at eight years old, when I showed up and said, this little girl wants to compete on your team, the look was, wow, why couldn't we get her at five? Almost like, oh, it's, oh, it's too late. And so when you came on the scene, it was quite clear it was not too late. You know, and they wanted to watch you go as high as you could. And unfortunately, we never saw that. We never saw how high you could go because like many athletes, you were taken out for a reason that was well way beyond your control. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a perfect segue. I feel like you had so many just gems for any parents out there. For me personally, the rule, if you will, to finish what you commit to is definitely one that is in my household. Um, I really honor that. And then also allowing your kiddos to take the lead and, and you're their guide, which I think is super cool because, you know, I live at a school with athletes and you don't necessarily see that from every parent. And it's really sad because you can see the hurt within the athletes. And so I greatly appreciate that um, from a child's perspective, because I believe that is what made me great at what I did. I did it for me and everything I do is for me. And I really appreciate that upbringing. So we kind of had a natural flow into, you know, why my gymnastics career ended. And this is something I'm very open into talking about, but what we've never had officially is just like, your perspective of that time. And as a parent, you know, I'm a parent now, I can't imagine watching one of my girls go through cancer and, and lose what they've worked so hard to build. Um, so if you wouldn't mind just talking about a little bit that period of time when we saw the end and we didn't know what the rest was going to look like. You actually saw the end before I ever did. I, I couldn't believe it because the day I picked you up from the doctor to go to the doctor, I picked you up from Jim to go to the doctor and you were in the back seat and you said, mom, I just have this feeling that I will never go back to gymnastics again. And I looked at you and, and I thought, no, baby, no, of course you're going to go back to gymnastics. That was really that was a wow kind of moment. It must have been really hurting you. The history on that was you kept complaining about your leg hurting and it was intermittent. Um, you would come home from gym crying, my leg hurts, my leg hurts. And I would be, okay, I'll make a doctor's appointment. We're going to go to the doctor. And uh, you would be crying. You would be hurting, obviously hurting. And I would, I, you'd come home. I'd make a beeline to the telephone. I'd pick it up and start dialing. And I'm looking outside and you're dumping on the trampoline. And I'm like, what am I calling the doctor for? You know, <laughs> wait a minute. And I kept up with it. Um, I did take you to the doctor on uh, January because it really was bothering you. And that would make sense that, that a doctor's appointment would occur then because you were in the middle of the season. So you were using it. And so you were constantly complaining about your knee hurting. 
And so I did take you to the doctor that January and you were supposed to stay off of it because it was twisted or injured because you had done a floor routine and thought that you had twisted your knee on a floor routine. So it was stay off of it and let it heal, which is not something an athlete does <laughs> during the middle of competition season. So when you continue to complain about it, it was like, well, I guess so. You didn't stay off of it. And so I didn't really pay that much of attention to it because I figured after season, then you'll take care of it. After the season, you, I mean, because you were just, you, you were dedicated to your sport and you wanted to, you just, I just knew that. And then in the summer, it was on and off, you know, yes, it hurts. No, mama, it doesn't hurt. I pick you up uh, from gym and no, mama, it doesn't hurt. I, I had a good day today. I finally did get a doctor's appointment. Two weeks before that, uh, we went on a trip. Actually, it was a week before that. We went to Georgia. They're the highest mountain in Georgia. Is <laughs> <laughs> it's massive. It's like all of 300 feet. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was 500 steps, 500 to 600 steps and going all the way up, which me and Mimi, took very slowly and <laughs> you had decided to um to run it like you were like mom it's summertime and i haven't been working out very much so I, this is going to be my workout and you hit the bottom and you ran all the way up to the top and you ran 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 and when i finally joined you at the summit the first thing i asked you was how's your knee how's your leg and you went it's fine i, I don't have a problem i was like great we're done. You, we, we finally, you know, you had time to rest it. You had time to take care of it. It was just twisted from that, you know, from that floor routine that you had done and everything is fine. And the next day when we got back, you from vacation, you went jogging with your brother and couldn't make it home. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I went, this is not right. I'm keeping that appointment. That day of the appointment, you you came into my room and you said, Mom, I'm fine. It doesn't hurt. Just cancel the appointment. And I said, No, we have to have answers. We're not doing this anymore. We're going so we need an answer. And unfortunately we got the answer and it didn't, you know, because that by that time it had grown and you could see it. It was never your knee. It was the lower part of your femur. Mm -hmm. And so when we were taking pictures of the knee, we really couldn't see the tumor. But by the time, um, by the time we did discover it, it was showing up at the, it, it finally showed up. That was, that was, um, it was one of the worst days of my life. It more than just sucked. <laughs> there was a lot of guilt. Why didn't I, um, insist back in January? Um, I was old school. We didn't do rehab they wanted you to do rehab i was like she's gonna stay six weeks off of it it's twisted she'll be fine We've done rehab maybe we would have discovered it so earlier i was scared and i remember at that moment i knew that whatever life i had lived on this earth had just ended and i didn't know what life was going to be like after but i knew that whatever I had known in the life that I had lived up until that point had just ended. It was, how do we keep you alive? And will you live? Oh my God, don't apologize. This is a hard conversation. And like, I, I appreciate you opening up to this extent and my God, please don't apologize. Um, can I share with you, I guess, my perspective of how you handled the situation um the situation <laughs> god um what i remember is when we found the tumor one i didn't know what the tumor was i remember when you told me when we got back from the doctor's office you kind of explained to me what was going on but what i saw from you was action on what is going to happen next. 
I saw somebody take charge of a shitty situation and see and put in place what you could do to make it better. And like that inspires me literally every day because I don't know if you necessarily knew that I was looking, but that is what I saw. I saw somebody who was not going to give up, who was not going to take no for an answer, who was going to get their child the best treatment, the best doctor, no questions asked, whatever it took. That's who I saw that night and <laughs> and to today. Like she still exists and she's through the screen. And I wish you were right here so I could give you a big hug. But oh my God. <laughs> I would do anything for that right now. It feels like that would be really uh, <laughs> necessary right now. <laughs> but I mean, that's what I saw looking in as I saw my mom who was calling the doctor, trying to figure out where to go, who was the best, what do we do, what does this mean? Um, you know, it wasn't somebody who just accepted it and was like, oh, we're doomed. It was this sucks. How are we going to get through this? I, um, I called my dad. He was the first person that I called. And, um, I told him and I said, dad, I can't do this. I can't do this. I don't know what to do. And he said, Chris, you're going to get make it through this. You're going to get her through this. You will do it. And when I reminded him of that a couple of years after, he really thought that that was um, not understanding, like harsh. And I told him, I said, Dad, I needed to hear that. I needed somebody to say, you will do this. You know, you're going to do it. You will do it. Because I didn't think that I could. And then my second call was to your Aunt Lou. And I said, help me through this. Get me through this. And she did. Hmm. So I guess that goes you know to support your support system you have to have it because i have one of the best support systems i'm lucky so lucky i come from a family that loves us very much and i still felt alone and i still felt confused and i still felt scared and i still didn't know what to do but I have genes that, you know, fight or flight, and I may want to run and often do, but when I'm backed up, I will fight. And I just felt like that's what I needed to do. I needed to fight. And so I put everything into the hands of my doctors and learned. Um, I trusted the doctor who said, this is the person you need to see. These are the people where you need to go. These are the people you need. To I, we were very blessed with a good doctor who took, mm -hmm. who made the arrangements for us. We were devastated. Dad and I just didn't know. We were, we couldn't, we just shocked. And we were sitting in MD Anderson two days later because of Dr. Blanchard, because he's the one who said, let me make a few phone calls. If this were my daughter, this is the route. And so we followed. And, um, and you know, you know your medical team. They were wonderful. Dr. Lewis, Dr. Mm -hmm. Anderson, they, they were blessed. Absolutely. They were the best of the best. Well, um, I had to look, you know, one of the things that was really hard, I never could accept this. Um, 
I think for a long time, I thought acceptance was not doing anything. But I recently heard a definition that acceptance is just refusing to do things that no longer work, you know, or doing things that don't work. So that that made sense to me. I was in. I was insistent that we 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 find, we have a miracle. We we must have a miracle. Give us a miracle. Must have a miracle. And if there's not going to be a miracle, then then tragedy would ensue. And it was actually Dr. Lewis that cleared the room out. Because I, I say this because of what you were talking about, looking, mm-hmm. watching me. She cleared the room out of everybody, but she kept me in it. And she says, I want you to understand that your daughter is watching you and she's watching everything that you do and how you handle this is how she's going to handle this. And she said, this may not seem like a miracle to you because your daughter is going to lose her leg. But this amputation is your miracle. Wow. And it took me a long time to realize she was right. I didn't ever, I never did accept the amputation as being a miracle for a long time. But when she said, you were watching me, then I wanted more of the type of person that you are naturally. At one point, you came to me and you said, mom, am I going to die? And I didn't know. <laughs> you had a very, you had a very, um, you had a very bad, mean cancer, and you had a really, a really brutal chemotherapy, and I didn't know, but I do what I felt like every person should do. I looked you in the eyes and said, oh yes, baby, you will. You absolutely will. And um, you said, mom, it's okay if I don't, because I had a good life at 14 years old. And I thought, I thought this is an amazing person. And I will do anything that I can do to make sure that however long she does live, it's still going to be a good life. So that was my goal. Holy cow. Well, I wasn't expecting to cry, but that definitely gave me tears. So, (laughs) And this is not fair that I can't hug you right now. Um, Because, yeah, that was really impactful. And (sighs) that was a lot. What I want to, I guess... I don't know. The part where you said Dr. Lewis pulled you aside and said that, like, I am watching. You're right. Absolutely right. Whether I realized it or not, that how you handled that situation was going to influence how I handled not only that situation, but other situations in the future. Like, you you do. You follow. I mean, you're my leader. You're my mom. Like, we follow. And I don't know if it's clear to you, but I think I handled things (laughs) pretty well. (laughs) And so I guess when people ask, how do I do this? Well, now we know the answer. She's sitting right next to me on the screen by my mom. (laughs) Oh, that's sweet. That is just a great Mother's Day. (laughs) Oh, it's true. I mean, it's absolutely true because like I told you, I was watching whether you realized it or not. And my interpretations of events were clearly seeing you as somebody who was taking charge of the situation and who was getting me through it. Not some, you know, I didn't see the pain. I didn't see your, your fallings or whatever. Like what I saw was you taking charge and I really honor and respect that. And you're human, but at 14 in my 14 year old brain, I didn't see, you know, I didn't honor your emotions or know that you had emotions. Like what I saw was strong, like somebody who's getting through it. Um, But now as an adult, I recognize there was so much more going on in the background, so much more. And I just really think getting to talk about what that looked like has been really beneficial for myself and I'm sure so many other people. Um, 
I want to ask you before we move on, if you could give someone who's watching their child, be it cancer, amputation, regardless of the age, you know, a mother's a mother and a child's a child forever. And so what would that advice be to get through that for the parent? An honest answer. Absolutely. Would be there is a God. And to understand that our God, regardless of what the people interpret or what they say, he's there. I will never believe that he gives us things that we can't handle. That's that's the big thing that people tried to tell me. No, my God doesn't give a 14-year-old cancer. And some people believe that they could have stopped it or he could have whatever. I will never understand any of that. But what I do understand is that without my faith, I never would have made it through. If this went tragically wrong, that you were going to be okay and that I was going to be okay because there is something about our spirituality that we cannot rationalize and we cannot think logically so we don't understand it and we are afraid to give in to it but when you have your entire world pulled out from underneath you and that's all you have then you give into it and you lean into it and it is there and my spirituality and my faith carried me and actually that came from you because you looked at me one day in the midst of this during your amputation and not knowing what the end result would be. You said, Mom, you said all things are possible through God. And I don't know that you that was your mantra. You know, you you said that and I so much that I I I I leaned into it. I did. I and I remember praying and I asked God through all of this no matter how it ends I want to see your glory please just show me your glory and when I prayed that you had two legs. I didn't understand God's glory when you were going in there having that right leg taken off. I didn't understand watching it poison lethal, just poison poured into your veins. And I'm I am I'm approving this. I am willingly turning you over to have poison in your veins and I didn't understand and I may never understand but I asked him to see his glory and when I look at you <laughs> I see it I see it I see it in my beautiful daughter hmm. so it's it, it's it really has been my faith it's been my faith. It's been my support system that helped me through it. It's taken my lead from you. I know, I know it's not politically correct to say. And I know that there are people who don't have the same outcome that we had that will never understand. But I just felt in my heart of hearts that 
there is something beyond us. There is something more. And we're only tapped into a small portion of it. And I believe that um, it's on some level, I was le- able to lean into a little bit more than we experience as humans. I was able to reach into my spirituality and in my faith. And, um, and it, it's very hard to, to articulate it's extremely hard to articulate because I don't think that we can, uh, I think there's just something out there that, that is more than, that is greater than ourselves and completely not, we're not able to understand, but there is this, this feeling, this, this connection that when it happens, you know what it is, you know, and that was something that I felt that, that I could, I could lean into. I love that. That's what, that's what I call God. Amen. And honestly, like all things are possible is still something that I tell myself today because there's something to having faith. I mean, there's something to it, whether or not your life is, you know, picture perfect, or it feels like it's, crumbling down around you just knowing that there's something better out there really helps just take the edge off and to just live and find bits of peace in the moment and i don't know there's something to that and so i really appreciate you you know having the courage to say that because yeah it's not something that is quote unquote politically correct and you know there is a lot of pain behind it for those people who don't have the outcome that we've had, but I believe that there's, there's always something better on the other side. And so, yeah, I just really appreciate you. Appreciate you saying that. Um, I would, if it's okay with you, like to switch gears into moving to Utah from Louisiana and taking, I guess the darkest, darkest times in our life and turning it into something beautiful. I feel like there was a lot of blind faith. That's something that we've talked about before Mm -hmm. through that. Yeah. Through that journey. And, and what, what was it like for you to make the decision? You know, we went snowboarding, you saw the light in my eye, you saw the, the potential for me to live a normal life through snowboarding in Utah. So what went through your mind saying, you know what? We don't have all the answers, but I'm going to make this move anyway. So what did that look like for you? Well, uh, again, I trusted um, higher power. I trusted, um, I remember um, when you came home and you had learned to walk again and you had had a prosthetic and you were through with chemo. and. Um, and it was actually time for you to, to rejoin your, your regular school. Um, people had sort of moved on and formed friendships when you were there in ninth grade and, and, and knew like everyone else and then had to leave. By the time you came back, friendships had already been formed. Um, school went on. Things, you know, were, they were experiencing things that, that you had missed out. So it was a very lonely time for you. You had lost Jim. Not only did you lose Jim, but you weren't going to be able to swim for anybody, dive for anybody. The other things that I had looked into when we thought you were, you know, going to have the limb salvage surgery. And when we thought it was benign. <laughs> and um, um, I remember you laying on the couch. I remember a period of time where, you know, this, 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 beautiful daughter who was full of life and energy and flipping and smart and social and was not that anymore. She was stationary and sad and there was no light in her eyes and she was on a couch. 
doesn't belong in a couch. And I thought, oh no, oh no, we have gone too far. Uh-uh. That fight was too hard. That battle, that fight for life was too hard. It was, you're going to, you have to have a life worth the fight. And I just knew that we were going to find it. I just knew it. I was willing. My, my idea was that the world was big. The world was big. You didn't have to be in South Louisiana on a couch because your humidity caused your leg to fall off. You know, you were an athlete. I knew that gymnastics was just your passion. You know, there's a lot of things you can do in this world and we were just going to find it. A lot of the community came together and we did running. We didn't like running. And like running before you lost your leg. I don't know why we thought you'd like running after you lost your leg. <laughs> Still don't like running. <laughs> and um, and I just, I remember, you know, again, praying. And this really hard, just, I can't allow this child to be on the couch. There is this life. The life she is having now is not the life she fought for. So where, what do we do? Where do I go? And I prayed for that answer. And um, we, like I said, we tried many things and it didn't work. Triathlons with challenge athletes uh, in, in San Diego. I don't know if you remember that trip. Yes, it was a I good do. trip. It was, <laughs> it was a good trip. <laughs> it was close. You were smiling and you were happy to be out. But it wasn't until that that uh, MD Anderson trip uh, that I believe changed your life. It was life changing. The doctors that put that program together is amazing. I am so sorry they don't find it important enough to put the money into it for the people that come behind you, you know, because their lives could be touched and changed too. And when they put you on that snowboard and your eyes lit up, oh my God, <laughs> Brenna, I didn't even realize, you know, how I didn't even realize that, that it had gone out until it was back out again, up again. And you're just, you just sparkled. And I went, this is it. That was it. That was the magic moment. And when I came home, your dad was like, okay, <laughs> so you went to Utah and now you're going back to stay. All right. Did you lose <laughs> your brain along the way? <laughs> I mean, it is the best snow on earth. It <laughs> <laughs> sure is. So I had him go back. I said, you got an invitation to go back through, through Tara, your, um, the coach. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And, um, and Travis, and I said, uh, I said, Jeff, you take her. And if you don't see what I saw, then it's over. It's done. So your dad came home after that trip that he took you. And he said, <laughs> when do you want to leave? <laughs> <laughs> because he saw the light go on and he knew he wanted more of that. So together, I mean, again, I leaned into my faith. I leaned into what I don't understand, but I know is there. And um, I basically said, if this is the direction you want my daughter to go in, if this is what you want me to do, then just make it happen. And the way that you make it happen like I had control, (laughs) (laughs) but the way I know it is supposed to happen is that she needs an education. She -hmm. needs to have a good education because that's, what's going to help her make a living. And I said, and she needs her doctors. She needs to have good health care because that's going the way she's going to live, you Mm -hmm. know, is with her doctors. And it needs to be safe (laughs) because I'm going up there by myself with my teenage daughter. So it needs to be safe. Mm -hmm. 
and we need and and it needs to be safe because dad needs to know that he is sending his wife and his baby daughter to a safe place he needs to trust that and those are pretty strong odds against anywhere you know and within a year we had um reactions like taking you to the taking you to your oncologist at md anderson telling her the plan and her going she's going well one of my best doctor friends that i have up there is another orthopedist oncologist he's up there in salt lake you know doctor check you know and then we get to the school system and the school system is a wonderful school system what you know, we're in South and South Louisiana. There are no wonderful school systems. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so it was like, are you kidding me? There is a school system, you know, that, that people actually don't mind sending their kids to. Check. <laughs> and then your dad came home and he said, You're not gonna believe this, but one of my coworkers left New Orleans. Because they had gotten robbed at gunpoint and loved Salt Lake City because it was safe. She is redoing her home to do a bottom apartment for somebody to rent. And we went, safe place to live. Check. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm listening, God. I'll buy the plane ticket. I had so much faith that it was going to work out that I it was I graduated nursing school, took the NCLEX, didn't even know I passed the NCLEX, got on a plane with no job, no job, mm -hmm. no license, and went, you know, uh, uh, it's just going to work out. And within two weeks, I had a job and found <laughs> out I did pass the NCLEX. <laughs> check and check <laughs> that is so freaking amazing like i feel like when it's meant to be it always works That's out right. like that is it, it's so true that's something i constantly say and just seeing how everything unfolded there was no force it just it happened. happened because and that was that that really was i, I leaned into my faith again and mm. and and said this is and then that's that's the truth it it <sighs> We know these are the things that, in, in not not really knowing, like Utah was never on my radar. You know, mm -hmm. when I'm putting my bucket list together, or when I'm thinking of places I'd like to live, I, the West was, you know, Colorado was as far west as I wanted to go. You mm -hmm. know, because it, because we have family out there, and I love it up there. I'd have gone to Seattle and lived with my brother. I would have done something different. It wasn't, I wasn't looking. At Utah, and Utah turns out to be, I think, one of the most beautiful places that the United States has to offer. And yes. um, and it doesn't help. I'm a little biased that I had a <laughs> great experience with you there. And um, and I love that. Our goal, which is really our our goal, was never. We're going to, you know, oh, we're gonna, we're we're gonna we're gonna bring this daughter, my our daughter up here, so because she can go to the Olympics. That that was never, that was never it. That was your goal, baby. <laughs> that was yours. Our goal. I don't know if you remember me telling you this, but before we went to Utah and before we ever it ever worked out, it was it was, baby, you have had a rough go rough and this is an opportunity for you to have some happiness and i think the best thing to do at this point is to flip it around a little bit instead of going to school and then you know graduating from school and then going to college and then getting a job and then working really hard and then retiring you know why don't we just flip it why don't you retire first why don't you enjoy your life? Just spend some time doing what Brenna likes to do and then go to college and then go to work, you know? <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> and you, and
you kind of, you know, I, I mean, that, that was it. I was like, I really thought that, yeah, she's going to go. She's going to have just enjoy um, and, and enjoy her time, be on the team, snowboard for Utah, be, you know, be part of the adaptive sports. She might go to college, you know, in, in Utah, but she's coming back to Louisiana. I never saw <laughs> Tristan Clegg coming. <laughs> <laughs> he was so cute. <laughs> <laughs> he, is, he really is a great daddy. They're just any, and, and yeah, so, so yeah. Never saw Tristan coming, but I figured, <laughs> you know, but he, you have to go 2000 miles away to find the love of your life too, baby. And that, that was, uh, that mm. was worth it. Oh, that I love that. Really worth it. it was all a part of it, right? That's part of what you wanted for me. You know, you just got, didn't think it was going to happen in Utah. Well, I figured it would be back to South Louisiana, you know, but mm -hmm. when I realized, honestly, that was my dream. You know, mm. that was mine. And um and, and I'm kind of selfish. So I wanted I, I wanted you with me here, <laughs> you know. Fair enough. But I, I understood after you came home um for a little while, um I realized you have a tough time in the south with your leg falling off. You could really hurt yourself. The, mm -hmm. the humidity and the and and the type of prosthetic that you have and need that it, it wasn't conducive to this humidity. It wasn't. It, you, you were, it was scary. I've, I've seen you fall more mm -hmm. than once. I've <laughs> seen you fall with your, your baby in your arms. That was I'm scary. like I, I still do fall. Like it, it happens, but it is worse there for sure for me personally. Um, yeah. absolutely. So I I guess I wanted to ask you. <laughs> Was it worth it? Absolutely <laughs> worth it. I, all right. So when I ask you for my goal, when I tell you my goal was mm -hmm. to, for you to experience happiness for a little while and then decide, you know, you looked at me probably about three or four months into being in Utah. You looked at me and said, I'm going to the Paralympics, mom. I'm going to do that. That is that. And then you had made your own girl goal. And I, of course, as usual, you know, maybe I'm behind you. This is what you want. I'm not going to push you. I'm going to support you, you know, mm -hmm. and, and you walk through that. And so I opened up the door for that. Daddy and I opened up the door for that. And you, boy, <laughs> you rock it. <laughs> That's because of all the things you've taught me up until that point. <laughs> you rocked it. And uh, so my goal for you, I succeeded in. And and uh, I, 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 it's always good to succeed in a goal. You were happy. Mm -hmm. and, and, and you did. Then, then you decided to go from there and make your own goals. So to watch you go from the couch with not really sure what you're going to do, how you're going to live. And just, I could see you would shut down. Who wouldn't, who wouldn't shut down to getting you on to, to where you are now. And I was part of that. Do I, was it worth it? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yes <laughs> i love that so much as part of seeing his glory baby i asked to see his glory i'm seeing it i love that um i have one last question for you what did you wish you knew going through all of that what is something you wish you would have known before you started i wish i would have had a better handle on what was going on medically to save you from the pain of your leg. Because at one point, it would have waited too late. And if I had kept, if we had kept, um, it was scary. It was scary to realize that a tumor had been in your leg since January. 
you know, and we didn't find it until um, September. Uh, it was scary. So I guess I wish I would have known that when somebody complains of their knee, it could be their femur. I wish I would have known that because mm -hmm. I don't know if the outcome would have been any different. Sometimes I think if we had thought to look at that closer, you never would have gotten that last season in, in gymnastics. And that was a good season for you. Even competing, it was a good season. With a tumor in your leg, it was still a good season for you. So we may not have had that season. But we mm -hmm. also did run the risk of, um, of it being too late. And it wasn't. And I, I think I attribute some of that to your healthy lifestyle exercise, diet, you know, especially your diet. You, you've always been one not to, not to participate in the diet of your family. <laughs> you always, you know, and, and again, it was, I had it in the house for you because that's what you ate. You know, mm -hmm. the rest of us ate the cookies. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, my okay my last last question this is my life i always like have way too many last questions but if you could give a parent advice they've come out of it you know whether that's cancer or amputation and they're ready to to kind of move forward either with themselves or helping their children move forward um what is something that they could start doing now that you think would help hmm. That's a really good question. And what makes it a good question is that I feel that um, there aren't a lot of resources for parents and for family members because cancer touches everyone in the family. When one member, when a child has a cancer, even though there isn't a physical tumor, it eats away at the siblings, the father, the mother. They hurt. They're scared. They're near answers. And the worst part about it is that they have no control. There is nothing you can do you can walk into a cancer ward and you can tell who the parents are because we all wear that same look but for some reason there is not um there there needs to be a, a there needs to be support system for a family and and, and particularly the parents, because you're at a loss. There is no control. Can't stop. Can't do anything. Can't even give them your own leg. Mm -hmm. And you can't switch places. All you can do is watch. And then afterwards, Regardless of the outcome, you're expected to get over it. You're expected to go on. You're expected to um, and not talk about it because you are somebody else's worst nightmare because you can't share your story. Because the person that you're sharing it with is probably another mother. And she doesn't want to hear it. You are their worst nightmare. And so people will run. And that is really lonely. And you can't always rely on your spouse. Because 
he needs or she needs the same support you do because they're also living their worst nightmare. Mm-hmm. So um, I would say don't hide. Give yourself what you need. You need to talk. You need you need support. This is not something you're going to get over. This is, regardless of the outcome, you're talking about two people. I am thankful for my daughter. But that doesn't deal with the horror and the pain and the roller coaster through hell. That's what it is. That's what dealing with a sick with your child. Anything that happens to your child, it is a it is a roller coaster through hell. That that is not something that that you can't deal with that on your own. And so I would like to see a community or a network of parents. Um, and I don't know what that would look like because this is the one thing that was so frustrating is that you really don't know what you need. Mm. Everyone came out to help when you were sick. How can I help you? What can we do? And the truth is, I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know what I needed. I knew what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Knew what I prayed for. I knew what my goal was, even though I couldn't control it. It was about you, my child. But when, when you start looking at what do I need? Me? I don't know. And I think that I would like, I think, I think I would like to see either more research, more um, community-based programs, more, um, um, more therapist initiated mm-hmm. um, for and not, not cancer support life support because you know even to this day i have um a friend i've had two friends who've actually been diagnosed children have been diagnosed with cancer since and and sometimes most of the time all the time (laughs) i don't know what to say so i don't know what to give them I don't know what to tell them because that pain is so hard. There is nothing. But sometimes you just, sometimes I find if you're willing to sit with it, sit with them in their pain and don't say anything and just be there and know that this might go on for years. It And I say that because it's been 11 years and I'm still crying when I think about it. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's been 11 years, but look, you know, look at the life that we've both built. It's, it's a bad memory. I remember Dr. Lewis saying one day you're going to look back and it's just going to be a bad memory. And for me, that has been my reality, something that happened, but it doesn't, it has no no bearing on my future, has no bearing on my present day. It's just something that happened. 
I think you just gave me the answer I was looking for to your question. I think as parents, we need support and, and help so that this doesn't define us, that we can regain the life and mm -hmm. regain, you know, yeah, I think that's what we need. I love that. Is it? Love you. I love you. That that was awesome, Mom. Thank you so much for opening up and sharing that. I mean, that was heavy. That was a like tough conversation. Um, but I really appreciate you, you know, being vulnerable and and being open to talk about it. It's not something that we hear a lot about because it's not a pretty story. It's not a, a picture perfect ending, you know, regardless of what happens. It, it's a reality, it's dark, it sucks, and you come out of it. I mean, I'm not a cancer patient. I'm not a, a cancer victim. And that's not just because of myself, but also because of, of you and dad and, and everything that you guys did for me. So while it hurt, you, were, you made a lot. You did a lot. You were very proactive. And I mean, I cannot say how much I appreciate everything that you've done for me because I can't put it into words, but. Thank you. You're my heart when I when I look at it and think, you know, I guess, I guess, honestly, Brenna, I, you know, it's it's seeing you live the life. It's seeing you live the life that you're living right now. Your happiness and 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 just yeah. That's, that is, the, that is, <laughs> that's the gratitude that, that I, that I, that does my heart beautifully. That, mm. yeah, that does, that is absolutely, when I look at what you've done with the doors that dad and I just opened. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> worth it absolutely I love, I love that um i wanted to thank you so much for joining me today being my first guest on my podcast <laughs> like way to freaking open it up and sorry for people that have to follow <laughs> <laughs> oh i think i think you won't have any problems with people doing that no all right well until next time. I love you. I love you too, darling. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs>Congratulations, you made it to the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening. And if you're feeling compelled, inspired, motivated, please leave some stars, leave a review, and let's grow this thing together. Thank you again for listening. I am so proud of you. Now go rock your gold medal life. I will see you next week.